0: Welcome back to Unless You Live Hardcore, everybody. I'm Kyle Forsyth. I'm Jake Ford. What's up, Kyle? How you doing today? You know, uh besides this being take two because of technical difficulties on take one, pretty good. Uh pretty good. Been, yeah, I mean today it's it's much better. You know, the much week's better? been okay. tough. Yeah. It's yeah. been a tough week, but today's better, you know. Yeah.
1: You want to let the listeners know what's going on? Yeah. Uh we want to let our family members know what's going on. <laughs>
0: family member one of my in-laws uh my grandmother-in-law she passed away this past week so it's been a tough week at home and then simultaneously my wife got covid like she got found out she had covid like the fucking day it happened um and so yeah it was just a tough one you know like she wasn't able to be there with her family the whole week how she would have wanted to um but thankfully yesterday she tested negative so we were able to uh go to the funeral and stuff and you know keep a keep a distance a little bit still masked up and everything you know yeah but um you know she's negative now she's feel it she felt better yesterday she's feeling even better today than yesterday that's good
1: huh? shout out ashley dude
0: yeah she's that uh, sucks man she's a tough broad whatever sucks dude i don't know how she'd feel about she's calling a, a tough broad, broad. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i was like hang
1: on she listens to the that podcast, just, and she's just probably going to "Registered gonna be like, in my brain."
0: <laughs> she's yeah. probably going to listen to this episode and be like, "Hey, could you not call me a broad?" in the, gonna be, "You're
1: going to be in the fucking doghouse for that one, dude." <laughs>
0: no. What are you
1: gone. on Mad Men? What do you think you're on Mad Men right now, dude? No. We're doing a she... podcast. <laughs> she's awesome. You think You're um... fucking Dom Draper calling women broads, and <laughs> my this broad back home, she's
0: got the ick. I always find it weird when dudes call their wives their old lady. They're like, yeah, my old lady. Yeah, I'm like, so yeah, that's so not insulting. a flattering <laughs> term. The worst
1: is old ball and chain, dude. That one sucks. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, she's got
0: me. You know, I'm basically a slave. You're dude, like, whoa. I used to, um, so you know how in video games, like, there's, like, guilds or clans, whatever you want to call them, you know? like, Yeah, I play RuneScape. I know. Yeah, okay, but in, like, a lot of, like, gun games and stuff they're called like a clan you know even though sure. it's a terrible name uh for it but... i mean
1: clan had a a pretty long history clans had a pretty long history before we got the one we got in america dude
0: yeah but regardless they got them in video games i was in one uh mm-hmm. when i was younger for this game that i played called unreal um okay uh, unreal gold and I was, it was like me, I was like a child and then like a bunch of old men. Like it was like all old dudes in this clan besides me. And like, um, I remember like I would talk to them on TeamSpeak back in the day, which was, uh, you know, just a a voice chat app that we would have on the computer before like games had voice chat built into them. You had to use this thing, um. And so I would, like, talk to them on there and stuff, and I remember, like, they would – I think a few of them would refer to their wives as their old lady, and, like, I didn't know they were talking about their wives because I was a child, and I was like, oh, they live with their moms too, <laughs> like, <in> my head, <laughs> like... I remember thinking this for a long time until, like, one day I was like, why do you call your mom your old lady, dude? And, like, the one dude was like, oh, no, that's my wife, dude. I was like, oh! "Oh!" my God. I was like, all the context of everything they had said about the old lady prior made way more sense to me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But she was probably like, yeah, my old lady, she just, uh... She hasn't she hasn't fucked me in like two months. <laughs> you're like, wait, what?
0: I think that's like what it kind of was. That was like the first time where I was like, huh? Oh, can I yeah, ask? Oh a yeah, question? that's you that know? probably like, is what
1: broke the barrier. Where you're yeah. like, wait, your mom fucks you, dude?
0: I, that's crazy. You should. Yeah, because they used call to call the be police like,
1: on her, dude.
0: They used to just be like, oh, I gotta hop off. The old lady said dinner's done, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I get that, brother. I get that, yeah. <laughs>
1: Sucks when you have to stop gaming because your bitch mom made you pork chops.
0: Like I was like, I understand that. And then I found out they're talking about their wives every time they said that. And I was like, oh, I was like, that makes sense because you guys are adults. I like how that's your
1: idea of like an epiphany, but it's really just you gaining a level of common sense as a child. (laughs) You're like, oh,
0: okay. How was your week this past week, man? That's your transition? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked about your week yet. It was oh, bad.
1: I'm unemployed. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I have uh... no money coming in.
0: Yeah. I mean, that does no. suck. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. doing.
1: I'm kidding. I'm fine. I'm editing. I got my unemployment stuff. Uh, yeah, you just got a proof for that today while we are
0: like, pre-show.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got a good amount, too. I was like, ooh, nice, dude.
0: Yeah, so it's actually, who pays taxes, understand Jake's stealing from you right now. <laughs> he's, he's taking your tax money currently. You've never been
1: on unemployment? No, I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah shut up, have. dude. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, exactly. I purposely oh. got myself fired from a job at one point being like bad at the job for as long as I could. Until they just let me go and then got unemployment and wrote it out for as long as I could while living at home with my mom and just doing stand-up comedy. I was like just getting unemployment and stand-up comedy money. Yeah, you're a
1: fucking welfare queen, dude.
0: I spent like six months just hardcore doing stand-up and that was like fucking it, dude but it was like rad as hell. It was great. To, I mean, I wrote a bunch of stuff, you know, like my mind was able I to mean, just be focused on that. Best financial
1: period of my life probably was like uh, when I was just getting unemployment from like uh, like the pandemic. And I was making oh, like yeah. way more than I was at the time. But when Dog. I was just working, dude, you're telling making like me, twice man. as much. Plus you're yeah. getting the stimulus
0: checks. You're telling me, man, that... And it's like, Ooh, I did make money. I paid off my New car. York. Yeah. No, I paid off my car and moved out of my mom's house with pandemic money. There you go. Literally like my life go. changed with pandemic money.
1: Like, yeah. And like, I, I don't get me wrong. Like I make more now in, in New York if I'm working full time, but I have to fucking work full time. The sweetest yeah. part about it was that I was just chilling at home with the boys. Yeah. I was just living with four, like three other comics at the time into at the house. So like it was fun for a lot of it i mean it got old after a while like when it was like it hit like six months and shit still hadn't opened up we were like all right this is getting it's getting a little annoying
0: yeah i mean at least like we got some outside shows in the summertime there for a little bit you know we had some outside gigs that we could go do um, yeah we did
1: do uh we did do shows on. those were nice my they started- porch
0: Started popping fun. up around July and stuff. Yeah, you guys had the salsa parlor outdoor show.
1: Yeah, and then we had the garage open mics yeah. afterwards. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was fun. I mean, I really don't like doing comedy outside, personally. No, it's nobody does. Like, it's not a good environment. The no,
0: laughs com-
1: don't the laughs don't go anywhere. They just bounce. They don't bounce off the walls. You know what I mean? It's there's no reverberation.
0: Yeah, there's not a single comedian that you could ask if they prefer outdoor or indoor that would say outdoor. And if they yeah, are, they're a fucking liar. Like, yeah. they, they're full of shit, and they're just trying to sound interesting, if that's what they say. Like, they're a goddamn liar. None of those shows are better than an indoor show. An indoor show with low ceilings and a packed room is 10 times out of 10 better than a completely sold-out outdoor show. Yeah, people sitting in fucking lawn chairs, dude. You could have 30 people inside of a small room with low ceilings, and it's better than a sold-out pine knob amphitheater, like, as far as comedy goes. I don't know about that. I've seen, like, a (laughs) packed-out pine knob for comedy, and it's, like, it still doesn't sound as good, in my opinion. Like, I think... It's yeah, a but better you still get to perform
1: for ten thousand people and get paid way more. So I, I okay, would take but that, I think yeah. like
0: sure, money as wise, an as an
1: experience, like, yeah, it's always wise, better to be in a kill box. You're right.
0: As fun, uh, like you know, performance and be, like how much fun you're gonna have with that performance, it's gonna be more fun in that smaller room. I think at the end of the day, yeah, a two hundred seater, a two hundred seater with low ceilings is you know it's gonna be way better. I guess this is also easy for somebody to say who's never done a sold out Pine Knob show, but like I've been to one, you know, like I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I guess I haven't been to a sold out comedy show at Pine Knob, but I've been to a packed out comedy show at Pine Knob where all the seats are sold. And like, was the, it Oddball? But, uh, yeah, Oddball. Yeah,
1: that's where yeah. I went. That's where I I've been I went
0: there. to every year of Oddball. Um,
1: yeah, it was yeah. all right. I had like lawn fucking
0: seats. So we were just like sitting on, you know, i've seen other comedy there too though um i forget what else i want to say jim gaffigan maybe um i went yeah i think i went at some point with my dad to go see a comedy show there i went to a
1: beach boys show there one time with megan coddington heath uh megan coddington a comic and a lawyer friend of the pod not I went, really a comic anymore. She's quit not comedy. Not really. She has pretty much quit comedy. She no, she pops up fu- occasionally. She's fully quit comedy. Oh, okay. Well, still, friend of the pod. Shout out, Megan. I went with her and her wife and Ellen Stakowitz. And Ellen poured a beer on my head because I made a joke about Pete Townsend uh from the Beach Boy. Or not Pete Townsend from the who, the who uh for for having child pornography on his computer, which he did. Yeah yeah
0: and then she She, got mad about it
1: yeah she poured a beer on my head i mean for making fun of her i guess hero she's like really into the who and classic rock i guess but yeah
0: obsessed Unnecessary.
1: unnecessary unnecessary
0: that's pretty weird
1: yeah it was almost empty thank god but she still poured like a couple ounces of beer on my head and i was like what the fuck is that i was very annoyed
0: I would have walked away and been like, we're done hanging out tonight.
1: <laughs> well, I was at the concert with, you know, the concert was still going on. I wasn't going to walk away. And also I was were like, you
0: in seats or in the lawn.
1: No, we were in the lawn. And like, so I just like could have walked away. I think Megan and her <laughs> wife just like handed me like a towel that they had. And I just like dried myself off and just drank my beer. And they were like, kind of like, what the fuck was that? I think she walked off for like a second after that. And everybody was kind of like, what the hell? Yeah, it's awkward, dude awkward yeah. this is the last time i saw that girl dude
0: i saw her about a month ago or so mm. um yeah i saw her about a month ago at uh aunt hall or the independent comedy club yeah as it is um but she was practicing for something at aunt hall cool yeah i don't know anyways people don't know who this is we're talking no. about this is like i just more brought it up to be stuff. like
1: I just wanted to tell the story of how I got a beer poured on my head at Pine Knob one time. yeah. has yeah. more about it. That's not really who did it. It's just, you I know, feel like a that, lot of people that have gotten happened.
0: A lot of people have gotten beers, beers poured on, on them at Pine, at Pine, Pine yeah. Knob. I don't know about on their head, but definitely beers poured on them. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Lots of slipping and sliding on that Hill, man.
1: It's a fun place to get yeah. drunk.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never been drunk there.
1: So, I was I was drinking that night. They were because I bought the tickets and I was just like they were like fifteen dollar tickets. So I just bought four and I was like I'll find people to go with. And I know that I knew that like Megan and her wife were like huge Beach Boy fans. So was John Stamos playing with them? No, which was very disappointing. That would have been sick.
0: Yeah, Stamos rules, dude.
1: Yeah, he's a good drummer.
0: <laughs> he just seems like a cool ass dude.
1: Yeah, very scared of little people, which is very funny yeah that's what i hear terrified absolutely terrified such a funny fear to have
0: yeah it's an odd one that's for sure yeah there's a yeah you probably heard it from that story about him and brad williams right yeah okay yeah we don't need to repeat it. If you want to hear that story, go look up Brad Williams, John Stamos, and it's about John Stamos meeting a little person and kind of freaking out.
1: Yeah, good story. <laughs>
0: Pretty funny. It's funny. Told by a comedian. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, let's get into some music stuff, man. Yeah? Yeah. Uh.
1: What's been going on?
0: it has been going on? Um, <laughs> I hate this article title. Uh, I told you about this earlier. It's Billie Eilish's ex-boyfriend has a hardcore band now and people are really into it. It oh, yeah. me. <laughs> Like it's. I hate that it says Billie Eilish's ex-boyfriend. Like He's not the lead singer of the band The Neighborhood, which made that song Sweater Weather, which is a phenomenal fucking song. It's just such a reductive like headline.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that that uh, writer is doing what a lot of other media writers do to women in the media all the time where they're like, this person is uh, so-and-so's ex wife or whatever. And it's like, well, they're also a famous artist in their own right. So that's a weird way to refer to them.
0: Yeah. It's like, we all, we all,
1: we know who these people are. I mean, I don't know the guy from the neighborhood by name, but yeah, it is disrespectful as shit to be like Billy Eilish's ex-boyfriend when he's been in the industry like longer than she has
0: yeah it's uh it's pretty fucked up um here let me i'll play a little snippet of sweater weather in case people don't know the song that we're referencing
1: All right, that's nice. That yeah, yeah that chorus, where that yeah. chorus had a stranglehold on people in 2013 dude.
0: Yeah, it's very good. Because catchy it's song, I like that song a lot. All right, let's let that sing. It, here. <laughs> it's fucking good, dude. It's a, it's a catchy song. chorus, dude. It's very good. Um, yeah, but that band, I I really like that song. Even to this day, I will yeah. listen to that song it's once a in song. a while. It's a great rainy day song, too. I mean, just the name Sweater Weather right there, you know? It sounds like a rainy day song. But it also, like, for some reason, it also sounds like a sunny day song in a weird way, too, you know? Like, it's got the vibe of, like, a nice sunny day almost with the windows down. You can, like, listen to that song. Or if it's just bleak out and it's, like, gray skies, that song is also very fitting, you know, for a drive on days like that. That's what it makes me think of, man. It's, like... It's a nice just cruising song, you know, when I'm just chilling.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's a
0: it's a song that comes up in my chill mix on Apple. I don't Music. really know any other songs by them, to be honest. But yeah, that's a catchy song. I think most people don't if we're being real. Um, But yeah, I don't think they really had any other like major hits uh yeah they've had some songs that have done okay but that's the only song i think they've had that was like a big i used to
1: work with a girl who was like really 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 into that band and i just never like never did a deep dive yeah telling me she's like you gotta listen to them dude they're so good
0: they're fine (laughs) i mean like i mean you don't know you don't know what their other songs are i listened to some of their other music i listened to the rest of that album at one point okay it's good. Like, it's okay. I mean, I wasn't like, damn, I need to keep listening to this whole album. I was like, yeah, I like that song, you know?
1: Yeah. But yeah, he has a uh, hardcore band out now.
0: He's got a hardcore band now, man. Uh, His name is Jesse Rutherford. Okay, um, cool. And the band's called Valley girl. They released a four track demo on YouTube. It's not streaming on Apple music or Spotify or anything. It's literally just on their YouTube page right now. Um, and, I mean, you could either go listen to it by searching Valley Girl Demo on YouTube or you can go to valleygirlhardcore.com and it's just the only thing on their website right now is that. Um, And they made it with uh the pre- hardcore producer Taylor Young and his brother Colin Young played drums on it, which Colin Young, uh, if you like hardcore music or follow it at all, he hosts a podcast called Hard Lore and he plays in a band called God's Hate. twisted tongues um which those bands are both heavy as shit and really good he plays multiple instruments too like in god's hate i think he plays like bass and vocals but in like uh or no i think in god's hate he plays drums but in twisted or twitching tongues i'm sorry twitching tongues not twisted tongues twitching tongues he plays bass and uh vocals okay nice and also the drummer for twitching Tongues recently died i don't know if you remember this story no i don't Um, know about it yeah it was uh pretty abrupt and sudden um and it was a big thing in the hardcore community uh that their drummer died um how did he die uh i fucking forget man um let me get it real quick. I can tell you in just a second. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was their drummer, right? Kale Sane. Yeah, it was their drummer. His name's Kale Sane. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, this dude who was the drummer for Twitching Tongues, I forgot his main band that he was in was, he's the drummer for Ghost Main. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um so that's like his big band that he's in. Uh Kale Sain passed away. I don't know if it says why, even honestly. Um I think it was a sudden thing. I think he was like dealing with uh a sickness of some type. God oh, damn. Yeah, I think he was like going through something a bit. Yeah, if I'm right. Yeah, I'm just like searching through this article. Right I now. mean, I'm yeah, you don't to need find to look. Yeah, for I'm that. like, I don't know, man. I'm like, that's yeah, sad. It would take me a moment to find it. Uh, kale saying, he wasn't on drugs. He didn't drink much. He had a lot of health issues towards the end of his life, I guess. Um. He was hospitalized earlier in the year with viral encephalitis. The cause the official cause of death was listed as pneumonia. Oh God. That's fucking
1: terrible, dude.
0: Brutal, right, man? Yeah. Um, but he was in the band twitching tongues, which, uh, one of their members is, uh, you know, in this band currently. So, but yeah, um, it's pretty wild. That dude's the drummer, uh, for this Colin Young played drums. And then Colin Young's brother, Taylor Young produced this. If anybody knows anything about Colin Young hosting the hard lore podcast and everything, he, uh, he's deeply ingrained into the hardcore community and like really dissects hardcore at its core. I, I got, I hate hardcore at its core, but like he really knows how to dissect it. He understands the genre deeper than most people do. And, uh, what's going on and how to advance the genre. And he has multiple bands and everything. And his brother Taylor Young is a very well-known hardcore producer whose discography speaks for itself. Um, But they basically, I think, are the two main people helping to push this. There's also a couple other members in the band. Uh, And I find it interesting. So this band released their demo. They didn't say who the lead vocalist was when they released it or anything. They weren't trying to let people know... That it was the lead vocalist of the neighborhood. They didn't want that to be something that people knew initially. So they did their first show. Uh they Valley Girl moved quietly and announced on the show. It was announced on the show anonymously so people would come out strictly for the music. They opened a six-band bill and supported every other act. At the end of the day, I just wanted to have my friends play at our show, and I'm glad I did. They belong here which is what the lead vocalist of the band Cosmic Joke said who was like one of the headliners of that show. Um so yeah, apparently Jesse Rutherford though has also been going to hardcore shows for like over 15 years now and everything, which like other people are vouching for and being like, yeah, I've gone to hardcore shows with him for fucking 15 years and they're like, don't hate on it just because he's coming from a more commercial band. Uh and Yeah, there's well-known. no reason to
1: hate on it like
0: I think it's pretty good. We listened to some of it earlier. It's a little reminiscent of Uh, Turnstile a little bit. It's got touches of Deftones.
1: Got like some cool, like clean vocal passages that are, you know, not really that typical in a lot of hardcore. But it's also
0: got like some interesting production to it. You know, like some unique production in some ways. I mean, it sounds like a demo, to be honest with you. Yeah, but it's got like some interesting like electronic type production and stuff yeah. to it, you know? Like some production that isn't always there in hardcore music or isn't usually there. You That's know? where I
1: think that they're taking influence a, a lot from like turnstile. And then a lot in like the clean vocal passages sound a lot yeah. like turnstile.
0: Um, so here I'll play a little bit. It's the beginning. sort of turn styly yeah right i mean especially
1: there. like right what he's doing right now go, yeah yeah
0: Something like that yeah yeah for sure I'm going to skip a little bit forward. We're going to fast forward just a bit. Sure. Dig it. Dig it. Uh, Here we go. This is like the shit where I'm talking about it reminds me of Deftones almost. So here I'll play a little bit of it. Those like faint back vocals, you know, like sort of behind the instruments almost. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely got a lot of it's pulling from a lot of like bigger bands. Yeah, But it's still very hardcore at its roots, I think.
0: For sure. Uh, And I think, like, you know, with it being a demo, they don't fully have a sound fleshed out yet. But I do like that, like, while you hear influences of other bands in there, it doesn't sound like one other band you know what i mean like it doesn't necessarily sound like a singular other band like you can't be like oh this is just a turnstile ripoff or this is just a deftones ripoff it's not just that it's got influences of that but it's not exclusively that you know and i think mashing all that together and then also coming at it with a bit of their own sound can go a long way in the end um i think it shows a lot of potential and uh i quite enjoy it and if it was on streaming platforms I would have added it to my music already. I'm probably going to listen to it later regardless, you know. Um, I just stream it off YouTube. But, yeah. It's pretty solid. They've already got a logo and everything. So. And from what I can tell, it appears that the logo... Uh, it appears the lead singer of the band already, like, has had it tattooed on his neck for a minute. Like... So it's got it's like this chrome lady almost like it's like the shape of a it's like a shapely woman and it's like chrome looking. um. And he's got that tattoo on his neck. There's like a picture of him at the top of the article of him singing in the neighborhood that's their logo. Yeah, he's got like this like chrome lady on his neck, basically. And it's like I thought that was one it of their appears, album covers. it appears that that's like already been on his neck for a while because the tattoo looks worn on his neck like it doesn't look like a brand new tattoo yeah, I think that's in that photo like an album cover from like the neighborhood from back in the day to be honest with you I don't think so dude because Valley Girl is using it for their logo Oh, yeah Um, let's see no it's not a neighborhood album cover I'm looking at their albums right now okay yeah so it's not a neighborhood album cover. Uh, They have a chrome guy on one of their singles, but it's not a chrome woman. But he has like a chrome woman tattooed on like his neck and looks like it's been there a minute. So it's interesting that like the logo they chose is something he already has tattooed on him.
1: That's a little odd, right? I mean, maybe he just likes the design a lot.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe, um, or it has
1: some sort of like sentimental meaning to them. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then it has the words "Valley Girl" and the "I" and "Girl" has like a star as like the dot, and it's like old English font, but it's all like chromed out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cool looking logo for what it's worth. I don't know. Um, but yeah. So, I fuck with it. I like it. Uh, I hate the reductive article title of "Billy Eilish's ex-boyfriend has a hardcore band" because it's like, yeah, it should just be the neighborhood lead vocal or lead vocalist of the neighborhoods has a hardcore band, you know. But I get it; this is gonna get more clicks than that, you know. Yeah, like, the I neighborhood mean... hasn't had a hit song since 2013, but he dated Billy Eilish in the fall of 2022 and they broke up in May of 2023 so it's like that's definitely a way more relevant thing about him than the you know than the neighborhood is
1: yeah i mean i feel like if you brought up the neighborhood a lot of people wouldn't even remember who they are by name but it, they would just know that song yeah so yeah i mean yep. that's just uh you know and i guess Looks correctly cool. i was like that's I was like, I guarantee a woman wrote
0: that. And you're like, well, let's check. Oh, OK, you're right. Yeah. Like, Jake, like before you, the dude. podcast, we were talking about this and I was like, told it you, seems dude. very reductive. And like he's like he's like seems like something that a woman would write. And like the article title is Billie Eilish's ex-boyfriend, because like they he did to Jake's point, he did say, I feel it's that way because they do this to women all the time. And like the other way. Yeah, like, so this is be like, like a
1: female writer's revenge of doing yeah. that it's like her they will be doing like that. motley
0: cruz you know fucking tommy lee's ex-girlfriend you know and it's like yeah and when yeah. they're talking about like pam anderson it's like everybody knows who pam anderson is dude yeah it, but like it, you it, don't like, need to refer so like-
1: to her as tommy lee's ex-wife
0: yeah. And so Jake was like, this feels like something that a woman would write because she's tired of seeing it the other way around. And I was like, I don't know, man. And then I scrolled up. I was like, yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> like, within seconds. I was like, yeah, it's by somebody I named Lauren, Sha- Lauren Schaffner or Lauren Schaffner. Um, but yeah, I mean, which, you know, I get it. I also get even regardless, even if it was written by a man or whatever or Non-binary or they, them, whatever. It's like I would understand regardless why the title is what it is. You know, like I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Um, it's like it's gonna get more clicks, and you're looking for click count at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, that's what they're looking for is click count. That's
1: really what it's probably mostly comes down to.
0: It for sure Um, is. It's about getting. But a lot of people
1: interpret that as like sexism on either. either either, it doesn't matter which like gender you do that to a lot of people just interpret that as you know being a dig which it's it looks like a dig
0: yeah I didn't I viewed it as like it's really reducing the neighborhood down but I'm like also to be fair at this point this dude's more known as Billy Eilish's boyfriend than he is the lead singer of the neighborhood probably you know yeah, are they? I don't even think they're a band anymore. I don't know, honestly. Let me see. When's the last time they released something? 2020? Okay. Or 2021? Yeah. Oh, they're probably still a band, then. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. You know, it's really interesting. I didn't even know this. I like scrolled down to see if there's anything in their about section on Apple Music. They were formed in August 2011 as a band, and then they had their first hit on the radio with Sweater Weather in 2012. That's
1: pretty good. That's pretty quick. Acai. Good for them.
0: But that also makes me suspect. That sounds like some like industry plant type shit.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, he probably has connections. He's probably, like, the son of somebody famous. Yeah. What's the dude's name?
0: Jesse Rutherford. I'm, like, looking him up right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rutherford sounds... Sounds quite exquisite.
0: Yeah, I mean... uh... Who's homie's parents? Oh, okay. So hear this. I don't know if it's about parents, but it says... Um. so he would he used to do like talent shows and shit when he was a child and it says this passion to perform would lead Rutherford to work in television commercials such as Hallmark and in films and television projects such as roles of the 2002 film Life or something like it followed by another role in the 2002 film Bundy which I believe is about Ted Bundy yeah in 2002 Rutherford also had a small television role in Star Trek Enterprise episode Marauders Throughout his teen years, he was the lead vocalist of multiple local bands. So, he was yeah, he in the had, industry as a child. Yeah, he just had yeah. industry
1: connections, dude. It's not that surprising. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yep. It that tracks. I was gonna say. I was like, something had to be. I was like, nobody starts a band and then one year later has like a number one hit. Like that doesn't just happen like that. Unless like you have I mean, industry it, connections. It
1: used to. It just doesn't anymore.
0: No. Yeah. Whenever I see that I'm like something's If up
1: that for it. if that happens now it's because of like TikTok.
0: Mhm. Yeah. And even a lot of times if that happens on TikTok it's planted by it. the, yeah, yeah, it's planted like,
1: by the label. Like that yeah. old like the ABCDE that you know that F-U. fucking song. Yeah, by that Gail. fucking song yep. sucks, dude.
0: And then the video of her being like first time I ever heard it on the radio and it was all orchestrated, it was All you orchestrated. Know? orchestrated. I'm like, yeah. dude. Yeah, 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 I know. Ringe. I'm aware. It's like there's a lot of people like that now where, like, they're trying to make... It's It's become easier than ever for people to take their destiny into their own hands, but it's also become easier than ever for the industry to trick people as well, you know? Yeah. like, I mean, I guess it is and it isn't, you know? It's like it's really easy for them to trick people, but it's harder for them to get away with it in the long term,
1: you know? I think people people are just suspicious of it. You know what I mean?
0: People are suspicious of everybody now. Anybody who blows up. Like the comedian Sam Talent, very funny comic, but there's a bunch of videos and stuff out there and a bunch of articles and like people who will comment on his stuff and call him an industry plant. There's like whole YouTube videos explaining how Sam Talent's an industry plant and it's like if you what? know anything about comedy, it's like this dude has been a com- like he's been a comedian's comedian for years now just doing house shows wherever he could perform at, not yeah. selling tickets, like just hitting the road hard as fuck dude and, and like, then finally guy's he blew the up. the opposite of an industry plant like yeah this guy's grinded First it of the all, fuck out there really
1: out. aren't any stand-up comic industry
0: plants that's not how it works dude mm, i disagree uh but there are um there's definitely people who are it's people who blow up on social media with a big social media following that's not an that industry he... plant though that's not like comedy manager's
1: plucking somebody from like you know and then being like you're gonna be a fucking star kid it's like you have to already have the talent and like the chops to be a good comedian uh because if you don't do that never works out in the long term the industry the
0: comedy industry doesn't really do shit like that i think they do i think there is people who are plants um who do you think is an industry plant in comedy I'm not naming names, but like Matt I think Rife is like an industry plant. No, I
1: don't okay. think he is.
0: Um, we'll talk no, about that it off, dude. Pod. That dude did some work to get to where he was. I know that's what I'm saying. Um, the industry really got behind him, but he wasn't an industry plant. Uh, he did work to get to where he was. There's comedians, I'll ask you about there's it off, people. Pod. There's people who blew up, who, like, started, like, getting some traction on social media off of doing, like, skits and sketches and stuff and weren't stand-up comics, and then the industry came and plucked them up and said, like, we're going to make you a stand-up comedian, like, we're going to help you develop an act and then get you on the road, we'll help you produce your content and put money into it and stuff, and, like, they got the resources of the industry behind them to help blow up their career. It happens. It's okay, I'll let, ask it's you about late, it op it's way less common in comedy than it is in music, though.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really seem like it will work in comedy, to be honest with you.
0: It doesn't mean those comedians are going to be good comedians, but it, they will sell tickets and people will come and see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what matters to the industry at the end of the day. It's about money. It's not always about how funny somebody is.
1: Sure. It's I mean, I know unfortunate that. Unfortunate facts. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows
0: that. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I sometimes that's what they care about. Um it's unfortunate. A lot of times people just get plucked up from obscurity and get the industry behind them and then they decide like, "Oh, I'm going to go on tour because their managers tell them like, you could probably make money if you did a stand-up tour." And they're like, "I'll go try it out, you know." And they don't have an act at all. So Yeah. We also see True. that side of it. So
1: True. Do I don't know.
0: That. Anyways, That's comedy talk, but I mean, it, you know, I think it is more common in the music industry. Um, but I guess he had some connections from being a little actor baby or a little teen actor. Uh, so anywho, um, talking about money, I guess on the topics of, uh, on the topics of money, you know, they, uh, there's this band called the callous Dow boys, um, which is a fun name. Uh, I like that name, the callous Dow boys. Um, uh, but uh, the article is the Dowboys avoids 47% merch cut by selling merch out of their trailer. They were over in Milan, Italy, doing a gig at this place called Alcatraz. And apparently it was going to they're going to take 47% of their merch money.
1: Yeah, that's Which just is, that's just breaking uh, even to sell your T-shirts.
0: Apparently, the cut was a uh, 25% merch cut and then 22% value added tax coming so out to a want, total of 47%. So you want the
1: band to pay your taxes for you, essentially. That's basically what yeah. that is. Value-added tax. That's ridiculous, man.
0: Yeah. And so they decided, they said, fuck this venue, we're just going to sell merch out of our fucking trailer after the show, which I love, honestly. I love that they did that. It is... It's a risky move, I think, as a band, you know? It's a yeah. very risky move, because some venues and stuff could start blackballing you or even management or agents sometimes in some cases. So it's a real risky play to do something like that. And especially to post about it and tell people like, look what we did. (laughs) Like,
1: you know, I mean, that shit's ridiculous though, man. I don't, I can't see anybody being on the venue side on that. It's like, I just don't understand. I I don't even understand how they were unaware that that's what the cut was going to be before they got there. You would think that that would be like, worked out and agreed upon in writing when it's being booked?
0: Here. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I think it probably was. I think it was probably known, but I don't think it was – Probably known to them because if we're being real as somebody who works in the industry and constantly sends like advances and everything like the advanced paperwork to these comedians and everything being like here's where the venue's at here's where your hotel is here's your confirmation number here's who the openers are here's your contacts and everything like we send them in advance telling them everything they need to know. And then I will still get an email like from their management or something asking me the same fucking questions that are in these advanced forms where I'm like, dude, come on. Like, I already sent you guys all this info. Now you want me to just rewrite it in an email to you. How about you just read the thing I sent out, like open the file I sent over to you that's going to have like the Google Doc that has it all in there. But instead, they'd rather send me an email asking me a bunch of questions. And it's like, these questions are all already answered for you. And then, furthermore, the artist will show up not knowing any of this information, you know, like, and they don't know it because it's like their management or agents didn't send them the advance or didn't tell them the stuff, or they sent it over and the artist just didn't read it. Like, that's that's probably what it was a lot of times. Yeah. It's like it's either their management and agents failing to tell them all that information or them just not reading everything. Because like a lot of times something like that, like a merch cut, it's going to be somewhere in the middle of the contract or something. And they're not reading every single contract for every gig they're doing. They probably read the overall contract for like the tour and stuff, you know, and yeah. they get certain venue info. But it's like. They may also like they may get that advance sent to their email the day of or something like that, you know, or like they may have known in advance. And then when they got there, that's why they decided not to sell, because it doesn't say they found out when they arrived. Like it doesn't say that in the article, like they might have known like getting there that this is what it was going to be. And then they just decided in advance, we're going to do this after the show. We're not even taking our merch in there. You know what I mean? Like it could have been that like i I don't know if they loaded and unloaded doesn't say that um so either they did know in advance or they showed up and found out my guess is they probably knew and decided not to load in the merch or whatever and just decided on how they were going to sell it you know that's brutal Um, though man i don't understand
1: how anybody can feel good about taking 50 percent of a band's fucking pay from their merchandise it's like Like, do you understand, like, the fucking razor-thin profit margins on merch anyways? It's like, it's barely 50%.
0: You gotta realize venues, a lot of them, don't give a fuck. They care about their bottom line, how much money they're making, and they don't care about who they take that money from or how they get it.
1: Yeah, well, they need to start because without the fucking artists, they have nothing.
0: Yeah, and some do care, but some don't give a fuck. Some of them are like, we want to make our money and we're going to make it how we have to. And we're going to strong arm these artists into giving us a bunch of their money. You know, like it's fucked they're like they're like oh we're taking a part of your fucking merch and it's like well can we get a part of the bar sales or something and yeah, they're like no it's just, absolutely it's just disgusting not. they're like these are 100 our bar sales and it's like are they because we brought all these people in here to sell you this alcohol or like to sell this alcohol you know that's like- where
1: it doesn't make any sense where i'm like dude why would you need to even take somebody's merch cut they brought in all these people who are drinking and paid tickets
0: it's because you... venues are greedy, dude. It's yeah. like, yeah.
1: They're just greed. fucking greedy, man.
0: Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's the same reason we see all these crazy fees on fucking Ticketmaster and StubHub and everything, you know? Like, it's greed. Yeah. That's really what it is. They add a bunch of fees that are completely unnecessary because they want to make extra money on the back end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Twenty dollars to process a fucking payment is fucking obscene. Especially it's when you know like bullshit. Visa just especially when you just know like Visa or whoever just processes that anyways.
0: Yeah, it's like bullshit. it's a bullshit
1: made up fee.
0: Yeah. And then they just add different like venue fees and stuff like that, you know? It's like all these just bullshit charges. Um I was surprised. I'm uh so Ashley and I are gonna go see Stavros Halkias tonight. Um, nice. At out. the Fillmore, nice. uh, we're going to the ten p.m. show because we got one show at the House of Comedy with Andrea Jen that starts at seven thirty, and then I'm just gonna walk next door to the Fillmore and go see Stavros afterwards. Hell yeah! Um, dude. and so we got tickets to that, and we had to buy like single tickets because that's all they had left on Ticketmaster. They're like twenty dollars a piece though, and I was shocked. The <laughs> fucking like literally the uh the fees were only five dollars per ticket. That's not bad on Ticketmaster. That's insanely low. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. But they're probably trying to just fill more seats at the end of the fucking, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, we like bought them like, minute.
0: yeah, we bought them yesterday because we weren't sure if like she was gonna be back to health and everything in time to be able to go to it. And so, like, we decided yesterday, like, when she tested negative and everything, we're like, all right, yeah, let's go. Um, so. Yeah, and, like, we looked at it, and I was like, they're $20 tickets. I was like, but they're all singles. There's no two tickets together, you know? Um, But we're going to be, like, pretty close to each other still, very close. Um, and so uh, we're going to try and talk to people and see if we can maybe get somebody to swap a seat with us so we can sit by each other or something, you know? Yeah. Because um, might be possible if there's enough singles open or something like that. yeah you never know there might
1: just be like enough seating open that you could just fucking sit where you want exactly we're gonna
0: see we'll see yeah um either way but yeah it was shocking to just only have five dollars in fees i was like i was like i'm gonna buy this 20 dollar ticket and watch it be like the same amount in fees (laughs) like and it wasn't and i was like holy shit that's crazy i was like that's might be the lowest amount of fees i've ever paid on ticketmaster
1: right yeah, that's uh, that's pretty dope, man. That's that'll be yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, but venues are fucked, great. man. Venues really fuck you on that. Like at Detroit House of Comedy, we try and keep our uh ticket fees like as low as we can, basically. Yeah, and you don't you don't take a merch cut from fucking comics, do you? Nope. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't not. I didn't think so. And we get asked about it regularly because some clubs do, you know, like some venues and clubs do, especially like theaters. Theaters will definitely do it a lot. Um, yeah, of course. But like clubs some clubs will still try and do it most i think don't but they always they'll sometimes ask they'll be like what's the merch cut if any and you got to tell them like there's no merch cut it's 100 profit to the artist yeah. um which i love be- like honestly like i love being able to tell people that as somebody who like knows how fucked these merch cuts are you know like yeah yeah it's like i take great pleasure in being able to like email a manager or agent and be able to say like it's 100 percent profit like yeah please bring your merch like we recommend it like detroit's a pretty good merch city too people like to buy merch here i'll be honest like even from like the openers yeah, that they don't know they still buy merch you know yeah um yeah
1: we had a comment people, I, people if they have a good time at a comedy show they usually get really drunk and they feel the need to be very supportive afterwards
0: yeah i won't Those say the really uh, good shows I won't say which comics, I'm not trying to put their name out there on blast on how much money they make, but we had a feature, like, a couple weekends ago or whatever, and uh, the headliner had shirts that they were selling, and uh, the feature had their own merch, and the feature, in, like, one night made, like, $180 in merch.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah, while the headliner was still selling t-shirts, too, you know, like... And I was like, yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. Like, yeah, that's, that's great. Sick. Like, I love it. Like, I love it when I hear that. I'm like, that's rad. Like, no, I fucking love dope. that. That's dope shit. Yeah. So it's always cool when somebody gets to make extra money because Detroit's a good good merch town. I don't know why people love supporting merch. Can't explain it, but they do. Um, anyhow, um, talking about touring, merch cuts and stuff. Band that I've been really into lately, Alpha Wolf just announced their North American tour, which I want to find a way to go see it uh, in Detroit. I believe they're coming through in like, what is it? March or no, April? Yeah, April 27th. They're going to be at St. Andrew's Hall. Big tour, Alpha Wolf, Emure, Unity TX, and Chamber. I don't know Chamber, but we've definitely talked about Unity TX on here. We've talked about Alpha Wolf, I think, like the past two weeks maybe. Yeah. and I fucking love Amir, dude. Amir rips.
1: Yeah, they're all right. I mean, Amir has been, you know, been around for fucking ever, man.
0: Yeah, it's some, interesting. I got some
1: bangers, man.
0: That's what I find interesting is Amir, because they have been around forever, but they've kind of been a little radio silent for a bit. Uh, Alpha Wolf is headlining over Amir. Their names well, look they look about that, the same uh, size on the flyer, but Alpha Wolf is still over Amir. I know that Amir
1: was like, memberless for a while besides like frankie the vocalist yeah and i think they got he's a nightmare to deal with i think they got the guy from glass cloud the guitar player josh travis oh yeah he plays eight strings yeah he's pretty sick
0: nice i'm hoping this means that amir will be releasing new music
1: i mean i would imagine they have when's the last time they put out an album
0: I don't know. It's uh, 2020.
1: It's not that long. Yeah, they've just been, like, memberless for, like, a while. And then they finally just got, like, new touring members or, like, new full-time members, basically.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um... Oh, man. Yeah, okay. So they have a song. Amir has a song called I've Seen God, but it's, like, S-C-E-N-E. And it's got this sick-ass part. Uh I'm going to play it real quick. So Dude, I fucking love it. Like that deep, like, it's almost like this fucking, it's that new metal rap almost, but it's like got like a lot of filters put on his voice. Just yeah. nails in the coffin, ice in my vein, pass me the crown so fit for a king. See, you could be next. Yeah, you could be the one, but you'll never be me, so you'll never be God. then <laughs> it just goes into that heavy fucking breakdown, dude. So good.
1: Shakespeare, baby.
0: Dude, I love it. He, fucking Frankie Palmieri, man. He's a, He's a wild guy.
1: Remember when that Amir song was on that, what was it? The top five gays breakdowns <laughs> that we, we, went we covered,
0: oh man, that uh, video. Yeah. Classic. Dude.
1: Good times.
0: Then they've got like the song that follows that is called persona non grata. Check out Amir's album hindsight. It's really good. I'm not going to play more of them, but check out their album hindsight. If you get the chance, I highly recommend it. It's a really fucking solid album. It's their most recent one released in 2020.
1: Yeah, they get made um, fun of a lot for being very simplistic, but their music still it still fucking slaps, dude.
0: Yeah, dude, for sure. Uh and then also Unity TX, who I believe we've talked about on here recently. Shout out to Unity TX actually. They're a vocalist actually like liked some post that we tagged them in recently. Uh Oh, hell yeah. Like, I think he might have started following us, but I don't know. He definitely uh we started following him after he they're liked our sick shit. Sick bands, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, after sweet. he liked our shit, I was like, "Let's Shout follow." Out him. Unity TX. Shout out Unity TX. Shout out Basement Ghost is his name on Instagram. Uh the lead vocalist of Unity TX. He goes by Basement at Basement Ghost. Um, so yeah, but they have a song called "Rotting Away," and it's fucking sick. Here, let's play a little fucking bit from it. Fucking chorus is what I'm trying to find here, man. Here we go. Alrighty, we got Myself it. Self rotting up. Uh, yeah it's fucking sick um they're sick dude so it's gonna be a new metal tour it's like new metal metalcore basically i don't know chamber but i gotta assume they got a similar vibe um but yeah it's uh it's definitely alpha wolf's tour because like the tour artwork is alpha wolf's new upcoming album basically Oh okay. The nice. artwork from like their album. But like Amir's name is pretty much as big as Alpha Wolf's is, but it's underneath Alpha Wolf. And I was like, I didn't realize Alpha Wolf was that big to be like headlining St. Andrews Hall. You know, it's like I get it. Amir is gonna be with them and that's gonna help sell tickets too. Cause it's Amir's first tour in a long time, I think, or in a number of years. Yeah, it's probably so, been like
1: a couple of years at least. So like, I think the that's last definitely album gonna be out was 2020.
0: Yeah, I just think it is interesting that alpha wolf is headlining now i mean it's cool as fuck though you know i mean their last tour that alpha wolf did was uh it was like motionless and white was like the main headliner knocked loose was on that tour as well um it was a big tour it was like motionless and white knocked loose alpha wolf there's one other one i forget another b- pretty decent sized name band um and it's alpha wolf like-
1: motionless and white is still together
0: yeah, I mean they've had member changeovers and stuff, but I think they still have the same vocalist, Chris Motionless or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of their dudes, uh, who left Motionless and White, his name's Angelo Parenti, and he's a super fucking good tattoo artist. And I didn't realize he was ex Motionless and White. I was following his tattoo page because I like his. I follow a bunch of tattoo artists and stuff, and I love following that. Keeping up with it. And his stuff came in my feed at one point. I was like, damn, who's this artist? And I went to his page, started following him because I was like, all of his tattoos that he was doing are pretty much all sort of in like a Halloween theme type stuff and like creepy stuff. And I was like, looked cool as fuck, super detailed, specific style too. And then I ended up seeing, like, some short little interview with, like, Chris Motionless where somebody asked him about his tattoos and they're like, what's, like, one of your favorite tattoos that you have or something? And, like, he was like, I have this one right here. It was done by, like, our old guitarist or whatever. guitarist who we used to have in the band his name's angelo Parenti, super talented tattoo artist and i was like oh shit that dude was in motionless and white i was like yeah what the fuck i was like no wonder why he's also so big you know i was like hey he's super talented but like he has a massive following as well i was like that probably assists in it you know um yeah yeah definitely and like Chris motionless apparently has one of that dude's early tattoos, you know, like before he was like a big known artist and he left motionless and white to be a full time tattoo artist. Gotcha. And he's got a niche for himself in it now and he does the shit he wants to do and he turns down designs he doesn't want to do, which is like where you want to be at as a tattoo artist. You want people requesting stuff from you to where you could say yes or no, I do or don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they've split some members, but they've—I mean—I think that one's the most interesting. Also, when Ashley and I were uh, out in Vegas for like our wedding, and we were supposed to go to When We Were Young festival that year, the first year they had it, uh, the day it was canceled, we went to this restaurant, um, and at that restaurant, Chris Motionless was also eating there at the same time as us. Oh yeah, and like yeah, because When We Were Young was canceled that day, and like Just I saw him like a in. ghost. Yeah, I saw him walk in, and I was like, "Oh shit, actually, that's the dude from the fucking goth band." (laughs) I was like, "That's that goth band singer, man." Like, I couldn't think of the name at the time, and then like I like thought of it. I was like, "Oh, it's Motionless in White. That's the guy." Yeah, they're not a goth
1: band, but yeah, but like they dress like like goths.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Yeah. no, I mean I get it. Goth rock is a different thing, but they look like goths, so that's the big thing. Um, Anywho. All right. Got one last story that we can go over. There's a thrash drummer that co- is costing Elon Musk $56 billion from a lawsuit. Hell yeah, dude. Get him. <laughs> Get him, dude. The fucking former Dawn of Correction drummer Richard Tornetta just dealt a pretty beefy blow to Twitter and Tesla CEO Elon Musk. So apparently, I guess to put it in a nutshell, put simply... uh. It's, uh, so, put simply, neither the compensation committee nor board acted in the best interest of the company when negotiating Musk's compensation plan. In fact, there's barely any evidence of negotiations at all. Rather than negotiate against Musk with the mindset of a third party, the compensation committee worked alongside him almost as an advisory board. And uh, so Reuters now reported that Tornetta, this ex-thrash drummer, uh, won the lawsuit against Musk earlier this week, voiding the massive payday completely. CNBC further reports that Chancery Court Chancellor Kathleen McCormick ruled that the parties involved in the lawsuit will now have to confer on how Musk will repay the $56 billion. It's worth noting that the $56 billion payday was the largest compensation plan ever paid in public corporate history. Dude, Sheesh. that's wild. Yeah, this dude filed a lawsuit against Elon Musk uh, and won. While only <laughs> owning nine shares of Tesla. Only nine. Yeah, but it's enough to win, dude. It's
1: like less than five grand. Well, yeah. Actually, I don't know what Tesla really goes for now. could be pretty high. Let's see. <laughs> we don't really need to look up Tesla stock, but sure, Kyle.
0: <laughs> I kind of want to see, man. Tesla stock price. Hundred and eighty-seven dollars and ninety-one cents USD. Oh, yeah, so it's
1: less than that. It's like not even two grand.
0: Yeah, it's not even one grand, really.
1: Nine shares. Nine share- yeah, uh, well, it's yeah. Like, it's, like, it's over like a little $1,600, over sixteen hundred dollars, Kyle. All
0: right. Yeah, I'm good at math. Um, yeah. <laughs> nine shares. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. So, it's still like a pretty beefy share. It's down point five percent or to down point fifty percent today.
1: He used to be so, worth, like, like, $700.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um. So, yeah, this dude owns, like, nine shares, decided to file a lawsuit against Musk, and fucking won. And uh, then the article go, ends with, ask for, dawn of, ask for Dawn of Correction. Maybe it's time for a reunion. <laughs> with a question mark. It's like, yeah, I think this dude might have some money to can throw we, around at a reunion, man. Can we hear
1: some Dawn of Correction? I need to hear this band.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of curious, too, honestly, now. The Dawn of dawn of Correction. Wait, what? Fuck it. No. Dawn of Correction? I'm searching it? It's not on Apple Music? What? <laughs> what the fuck?
1: It must Hold not have been, like, a big band at all. They're probably, like, a shitty local band, dude.
0: Dawn of Correction band what this is what there's a song called dawn of correction by this band called the spokesman and like that's what i'm finding yeah they're an unsigned band um damn dude do i have to go to youtube to find this shit dawn of correction band dead hand control let's see here we go song's called forked tongue i guess we could start out by saying that this is definitely this dude's biggest payday (laughs) Uh, i don't think he made any
1: money from doing it i think he just (laughs) negated the fucking contract
0: yeah it's forked tongue dawn of correction dead hand control and philly thrash metal is the fucking title here all right that's
1: enough of that it's it's honestly not as bad as i thought it would be but it's definitely not yeah. the type of thrash metal that i would listen to yeah like the vocals were way better than i thought they would be still not great but like definitely was not 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 as bad as i thought
0: let's skip like halfway in, and see
1: Yeah. Just very poorly produced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, hey, dude, this is the most fucking, this might be the most press that Dawn of Correction has ever gotten. Um, I guarantee
1: it is. (laughs) If they're not (laughs) even on Apple Music, this is
0: the first, I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing of them, dude. Same. Same, dude. I figured it. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's like, maybe it's time for a reunion. it's like, i don't know maybe they should just nah. stay dead <laughs> yeah i think some things
1: are better left alone dude
0: yeah yeah it's pretty funny man should but buy yeah more
1: tesla stock
0: he's fucking taking down musk daddy dude
1: yeah so. which All i don't right. like dude I, I like elon dude he's fine yeah you like elon he makes me laugh dude you big elon simp not really but he does make me laugh like his trolling is is pretty legendary yeah um, yeah I don't know, he just makes me laugh and i don't understand like dude even though he's a billion people like like he lives in like a two-bedroom house now it's like he sold all of his like big giant houses it's like he's not even like living like a billionaire i can't really even like oh
0: so he's just like us. on the
1: guy no he's definitely not
0: <laughs> definitely not. i was gonna say i was like jake come on i'm saying he has no i'm saying he
1: has options but i'm saying to just be a guy and living in like a normal two bedroom house. When you have that type of money, I'm like, can't really hate on the guy, dude. It's the same reason. Like I will never hate on Warren Buffett. He has the same shitty house that he had 50 years ago in fucking Idaho or wherever. I think it's Nebraska. I thought Lincoln, it was Florida. Nebraska. No, it's Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Pretty sure.
0: I thought it was Florida for some reason.
1: No, Warren Buffett's not a Florida guy. No. He is. Does Warren Buffett have a fucking spray tan?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't keep up with Warren Buffett, dude. Omaha, Nebraska. That's yeah, Omaha. Yeah, I don't know why. Thought it was uh. Can't hate on it a guy. Think probably think Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know they're definitely different guys, but for some reason in my head I was like, yeah, dude, they both chill in Florida.
1: <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, eh?
0: <laughs> Imagine if Warren Buffett was a parrot head though, dude. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't really spend any of my money on shit, but dude, parrot had memorabilia, lots of Jimmy Buffett stuff.
1: His house in Nebraska <laughs> is just filled with a bunch of Margaritaville memorabilia. Yeah, dude, it's just that. Not a bunch of signed albums. <laughs>
0: That'd be hilarious if we find out Warren Buffett he just like he's like yeah I don't really spend much money on anything besides Jimmy Buffett paraphernalia. Yeah. This right here
1: this is my uh my signed bag of cocaine by Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Never touched a line. I want to ruin it.
0: This is a blender that Jimmy Buffett used to make margaritas once signed by Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Everything
1: signed by Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the guy actually
0: just invited Jimmy Buffett over one time and had him sign everything in my house. That's how Warren (laughs) spent
1: his entire retirement from
0: investing Uh, in stocks, dude. Yeah, just buying Jimmy Buffett paraphernalia, going to Jimmy
1: Buffett shows.
0: Yeah,
1: nobody was more devastated when Jimmy died (laughs) than Warren. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, man. Well, we got to wrap it up on that. Let's get out of here, dude. Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah, I'm done.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening this is episode done, fucking 44 44 dude we've made it that far yeah about this that is as far as we're going dude <laughs> it's over dude it's Over, dude. <laughs> oh man. nah catch us next week follow us on social media at unless you live hardcore on instagram sometimes you'll see clips on there we're trying to get more of those up uh follow me at i am kyle Forsythe. check out the detroit me. house of comedy if you're in detroit sometime jake what do you got? Uh,
1: no, don't follow me. You're good.
0: <laughs> at Comic Fine. Jake Ford. Don't follow him, though. Fine. Yeah, just don't go check me. out the page. Don't follow if him. If you follow me already, unfollow me. Yeah. <laughs> go to his page. Don't like or comment or anything. Just look at it and then leave. All yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude.
1: Just, you know, don't engage. I don't really have any desire.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Come back next week. We got another episode next week for you. All right.
1: Hello. Bye yeah, everyone.
0: Baby. next week. Bye.